when your clients come to you, what, what challenges are they usually coming to you with? Oh gosh, everything. Um, yeah, that's another cool thing about working with different clients is you get to try out the different tech that they have. Um, so I feel like I've gotten a lot of experience in all the different kinds of tech that I wouldn't have, you know, if it was just me and my business. Um, and I have uh, formed some very strong opinions <laughs> on the tech that I like and don't like. But um, yeah, I think that they just don't know, you know, what to go with. And so we talk a lot about, you know, whether their ultimate goals and then kind of put their tech stack together that way based on their goals and their, their ability to do things on their own also. Welcome to Scale Your Course. If designing and delivering a scalable course has got you feeling overworked, overwhelmed, and just plain tapped out, you're not alone. I'm Tracy Sheriff, and in this podcast, you'll listen to a combination of solo episodes and powerhouse interviews, where we'll share tips, strategies, and insider insights into how you can successfully design and deliver a scalable course. Prepare to reach your next level business goals without compromising your health and wealth, the Scale Your Course podcast. In today's episode, I interview Shelly Criswell. Shelly is an online project manager. Her passion is helping other creative entrepreneurs not feel so overwhelmed with tech, and she focuses on helping them create processes so that they can move forward in their business. Shelly and I met in the Member Vault Collaborative, one of the places where I meet some of my best business peeps, And in this episode, we talk about some of the tech tools that every scaling course creator needs. We talk about how to choose a tech tool. We talk about some of the common mistakes that are made when we're implementing tech in our business. And Shelly shares with us some information about an upcoming course she has on one of her favorite project management tools, ClickUp. If you're a scaling course creator, and even if you have a virtual assistant in your business who's helping you with some of the tech stuff, you might want to take a listen to this. It really offers us the opportunity to think about tech in a way that reduces some of the intimidation and just lets us know that it's all a big experiment. And when you need the help, there's people like Shelly that can help you identify what tools you need and create a plan to implement that helps you achieve your business goals. Welcome, Shelly, to Scale Your Course. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with you today because tech has always been something that I've been, I would say, naturally good at and super interested in, but easily frustrated by. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, you know, when you're a scaling entrepreneur, it's, it's really important for us to understand like what tech can do for us. But I think also it's about choosing the right tools. So I'm hoping you can help us with that today. Yeah, I hope so. So why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about you and, um, and then we'll see where the conversation takes us. Yeah, so um, a couple of years ago, I was working in a lab, um, not in the online industry whatsoever, and wanted to work from home. So I started looking into virtual assistants and grew that as a side hustle until I was able to quit um, and just kind of 
fumbled around for a year or so while I tried to figure out where I fit into the virtual assistant world. Like I started out blogging and graphic design and copywriting and then realized that's not really what, what I'm good at. I'm really good at tech and like project management and, you know, the online business manager more role. Um, and so I slowly kind of moved into that role and while still really being very interested in tech and realizing that there are so many entrepreneurs out there that struggle with the tech so much, you know, that they, they kind of are overwhelmed and frozen and don't move forward because they don't know how to, how to do all the tech and don't have the budget to hire someone to do with the tech. So um, I also started an, you know, another side business where I teach um, entrepreneurs how to deal with tech and processes and automations. That's awesome. That's a super needed niche for sure. I think every client I stumble upon, most of them will tell you that they don't really like the tech. If they have to do it, they'll do it. Otherwise, if you're happy to do it for them, they're willing to let you take a stab at it and get things up and running. All roads seem to lead to technology for me. It doesn't matter whether it's my nine to five or my online business. I always land somewhere in the conversation talking about tech. I'm doing troubleshooting for somebody at work. They tease me that I actually should be paid as the IT person. And, you know, that's in multiple workplaces. So people just get to know what you're good at. And I remember my dad saying to me one time, how do you know all of this stuff? And I said, I'm just self teaching myself. Like as I see something new or exciting, I want to learn more about, I just dive in. I just try things out. And it was like that from, you know, doing web page design to, you know, anything to do with online course platforms and integrating all the automation stuff. As puzzling as it is, it actually is pretty interesting to me. So I don't <laughs> we know sound what that says. Like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that yeah. says about us. I don't. Really know, but, um, it must be a certain type of brain that is is drawn to technology. So that being said, while I'm drawn to technology and I love testing new tools, I'm never sh quite sure that you know, there isn't the next best thing out there or because there's so much to choose from. There is, there is. Yeah. You, yeah. And you just eventually just have to commit, don't you? <laughs> you do, you do. And then there's, there's also that fear that you're missing out on that one tool that's going to either make your life that much easier or going to help grow your business that much faster. So when your clients come to you, what, what challenges are they usually coming to you with? Oh gosh, everything. Um, yeah, that's another cool thing about working with different clients is you get to try out the different tech that they have. Um, so I feel like I've gotten a lot of experience in all the different kinds of tech that I wouldn't have, you know, if it was just me and my business. Um, and I have uh, formed some very strong opinions <laughs> on the tech that I like and don't like. But um, yeah, I think that they just don't know, you know, what to go with. And so we talk a lot about, you know, whether they're ultimate goals and then kind of put their tech stack together that way based on their goals and their, their ability to do things on their own also. Is that term tech stack newer in the space or am I just late to the party? Because I hear it a lot now, but I haven't really 
heard it referred to as a tech stack before, probably the last year or so maybe. So I just wondered if it was kind of a trendy term in your view or if it was something that's always been there, but I'm just hearing it more. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. So I heard it somewhere and I was like, ooh, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I had someone today say, what is a tech stack? I didn't know. So I think it is maybe a newer trendy term. Yeah. No, I love it too. I just love the way that it sounds and and yeah, it is it is about layering things together and figuring out how they all can connect and all of those great things. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about what it is you do in your business and eventually I'd like us to get us to some tool recommendations for scaling course creators. You decide where you'd like to start. Yeah. So my goal is I'm trying to get everything lined up so that in 2022, I'm going to have a ton of courses just like a la carte, um, you know, on how to use basic knowledge on how to use all these different types of tech that I talk about in my tech stack. Um, and so you can just kind of be like, Ooh, I need, I want to do this for my email service provider. I'll get that course, you know, and Ooh, I want this for my project management tool. I'll do that course. So that is my ultimate goal and um, just create these short, you know, very to the point, how to use it, get away, get away from all the fluff and everything um, and how to use the tech and connect them all together. So Shelly, like, I'm really curious when a client approaches you and they're looking to figure out what goes in their tech stack, how do you make those decisions or recommendations for them? Um, yeah. So usually like, ask their goals, like, um, for example, with the email service provider, what are their goals um, with sending emails? Are they really wanting to look at metrics and segment their list? Um, or, or do they want to just send really pretty emails? You know, all that kind of stuff matters because um, you would choose Flowdesk for pretty emails, right? Or active campaign for um, really segmenting your list and adding tags um, and having really good metrics. So just kind of the overall like goals that they have. Um, and then how well are they at tech? If they're not very good at tech, <laughs> then maybe active campaign wouldn't be the best for them. It just all depends. Funny that you mentioned Flowdesk because I have a new client who is using Flowdesk. So I'm going to get to check that one out. I haven't done that yet. Um, so it's interesting that you said that it's for pretty emails. So that actually excites me a little bit to be able to get in there and see what that's going to look like. Yeah. Their emails are gorgeous and budget too. You know, that plays a big part in it also. Yeah, for sure. Only disadvantage of Flowdesk is based on my initial introduction to it is it doesn't, uh, integrate with member vault, which is one of my favorite tools. And I know it's one of your favorite tools and this client is actually using member vault. So we'll have to look at that third party Zapier, Zapier. or Zapier. Yeah. I, don't, I think it's Zapier. I say Zapier. I don't <laughs> banana, banana. <laughs> so that in itself is pretty amazing that you can use those like third party tools to help pretty much connect anything, especially anything that's has some reason, reasonable popularity. So, they come to you, they're looking for advice on their tech stack. Are you implementing for them or are you teaching them? Well, actually you mentioned you have a few uh, courses. Yeah. Yeah. Right now it's just implementation, but yeah, my goal is to create these courses and let them do it on their own so that, you know, if they don't have a budget for hiring someone, um, they can just do these courses and do it on their own. 
it's probably pretty wise for any business owner to have a general sense of the tech stack and how it works together, even if they don't become like an expert at all of the tools. But, you know, at any time, someone could step out of your business. It's just like, you know, even in the nonprofit organization that I work in, we've experienced this where someone knows their job so well, but then when they leave, they leave this really big hole. And it yeah. sometimes can, it can really have an impact on your business if your launch emails aren't going out the way they're supposed to, or, you know, your, your uh, onboarding isn't, isn't set up right or functioning. So I think it'd be probably pretty important to, to at least have a general understanding. Would you agree? Yes, definitely agree. Yeah. There's so many small things too that, you know, might be going wrong in the background that you wouldn't even think about if you didn't know anything about it. Yeah. That almighty troubleshooting. Yes. If you don't go and check on it once in a while, sometimes I've set things up and it's been working fine. Um, you know, I wouldn't leave it not working fine. And then you come back and find something has gone awry <laughs> and you wonder yeah. what, what happened. It was working, <laughs> the tech gremlins, and there's usually some little click of a button that's gotten inadvertently clicked off or somebody yeah. did something, you know, if there's more than one person in the back end of the tool, they might have not realized what you had going on there. So it is important to keep a good eye on it, even if it looks like it's functioning. So tell me a little bit about your recommendations for tech stacks for scaling course creators. Yeah, so you're definitely going to need um, an email service provider because you want to collect those emails. Um, you're going to need a course platform. And um, I would definitely suggest a project management tool also to keep you organized. Um, and there's lots of other little things like, um, let me think, like, you know, something you might need for your audio or your video or um, editing software or Canva for your graphic designs, um, things like that. So, yeah, those are the three major ones. And then there's lots of little ones you're going to need also. Yeah. So, you know, when your clients come to you, maybe they already have some of these things in place or maybe they're starting from scratch. But if we focus on those that are really just already started, but you know, maybe they're uh, using a pro specific project management tool, do you make recommendations to switch or do you just help them learn how to maximize the tool that they're already comfortable with? Yeah, if they're already using something and comfortable with it, um, yeah, just kind of show them how to maximize and optimize what they're doing with it um, for sure. And if they want to change, then I can make another suggestion. But yeah, if they're already comfortable with something, I say stick with it if it's working for you. Yeah, well, I'm sure you probably know a lot of them, you know, in a different kind of way. So if someone was looking for a specific feature, you would probably be able to know which one to direct them to. Sometimes I can get really gunged up in those features because sometimes they sound really good or slick. But then, so you, maybe you invest a little bit more money in a tool that's a little bit more advanced, but then you don't leverage all of the bits and pieces anyways. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you see that commonly happening or is that just me that does that? No, yeah, I do see that for sure happening. And uh, some of the more shiny, shiny object syndrome, right? <laughs> mm -hmm, I mean, sure. I get it too. Yeah, I'll, I'll get it like a, 
I'll do it, especially if they have a trial. I'm like, oh, let me get this trial and check it out. And then I get in there and I realize, oh, what I have is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So um, I'm thinking about where do you see course creators going wrong with their tech stack? Is there any like big glaring mistakes that they commonly make when they're either choosing software or their tech to use or in implementation? That's a very good question. Um, I think just, you know, missing opportunities um, to have a touch point, like uh, a welcome email sequence um, or, you know, the, the emails you send out when someone purchases a course. Um, another big thing is just testing it all the way through and seeing it as a customer, you know, just that customer journey. Um, I think that's really, really important. And if you can get someone to test it that is not in the middle of all the weeds <laughs> and then come back and give you feedback, I think it's very, very helpful too. Like, oh, you know, an email here would have been nice or I was really confused with this part. Um, so I think that's really important too, which is not really techy, but it kind of is. <laughs> well, you rely on the tech to deliver all of those things, right? Exactly. So, yeah. and you know, as someone who focuses primarily on the design of the learning experience, so the curriculum and the content pieces, I include welcome sequences as part of that because it's can be a bit of a journey that you can take your customers on or your clients on. Sometimes I think it's underutilized. And if I often encourage a multi-step welcome sequence because sometimes we can do one of two things. We can give them too little information <laughs> or we can give them too much information, too fast, all in one email because we think people want convenience, but then they only skim and they miss some really important aspects of of it and i often as well with the welcome sequence encourage them to even start teaching right there in the you know getting them primed and pumped for learning so i think sometimes we see the welcome sequence as just a vehicle to share information but i like to encourage people to use it to really start connecting engage like engaging spurring people into really fast quick action so if your tech's not working for you, <laughs> you're going to have a hard time delivering on that. Yeah. From your perspective, do you see any like trends in the space that people should be really focusing on and understanding more? Or do you think that it really just depends on what your business model is? Yeah, these are good questions. Um, I think it just depends on your business model and your, you know, your budget, your uh, goals, your overall goals, um, and just what you're comfortable with. Um, I have seen, you know, a lot of these all-in-ones and we get drawn into those all-in-ones, but then, you know, they're usually lacking in some area. And then if you get all the different parts and just put it together, then you have everything you need. So sometimes I feel like those all-in-ones can be a little tricky. You find yourself lacking in some areas, whereas if you had just gotten all the different pieces and put them together, you would have been better off. Yeah. I think for those that are intimidated by tech, the all-in-ones sound like a really good deal because not necessarily financially, because I know sometimes they, you know, they do come at a cost, but the convenience of having one login and, you know, all of those things and that they already kind of talk to each other and you don't have to do all that piecing yeah. together, but it can be limiting 
And I, you know, I think as a course creator too, it's all about choosing the tools that are going to help you give the experience that you desire for your students, the one that's going to actually get them the best results. So often, and you know, you probably agree, choosing the course platform is where I find a lot of people get stuck. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, is it Thinkific? Is it Teachable? Is it Membervault? Is it Kajabi? Do you have any um, experience with how you help your clients choose a course platform? Um, yeah, like we were both talking before we got on here about how we like love learning. So I have courses. I have, I have a problem. I have an obsession with purchasing <laughs> online courses. So I've taken them as a, as a customer, you know, from all the different platforms. So I have a strong opinion on, to me, how, I like them as a customer. And so I just, yeah, tell them how, you know, this is how this one feels. This is how this one feels from someone learning from you. And, you know, what are you wanting, wanting them to have an, you know, an easy way of, of logging in and flowing through all your stuff, or is it going to, do you want it janky? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we kind of talk about that and um, they're usually very open to, you know, other people's opinions for sure. Yeah, that's good. I'm wondering if you are willing to share what your favorite tech tools are. <laughs> of course. So yeah, you mentioned Member Vault because um, that's where we met. So yeah, Member Vault is an amazing tool for, especially for the, the price of it and the support that you get. There's, there's no other course platform like that with the support. Um, and then just feeling like you're growing and your opinion matters. Um, cause they really do come to the people and ask them, you know, Hey, do you want this or that? Or, um, so yeah, it's pretty amazing. And, um, as far as email service providers, active campaign, um, is my favorite and it works really well with member vault and you can really, um, segment your list really, really well. Um, I think it's the best. I have a least favorite too for <laughs> email service prior, but I won't mention it. Um, but um, that, those are my two favorite. And then for like project management is um, ClickUp. It's my favorite. Um, you can just do so much with it and it can be a little overwhelming, but once you figure it out, it's um, amazing. And are there any other ones? I think those are the main ones, right? Yeah, those are the main ones, I guess, that people probably t- t- typically use. You mentioned earlier in our conversation, I think prior to me hitting record, we talked about Canva or some type of a graphic design. So you mentioned Canva. Is that sort of your tool of choice or do you have another one that you'd recommend? Yeah. Canva is my favorite, especially for the price, like spring for the $12.95 a month and get the pro because <laughs> it is like amazing. Yeah. And yeah. they keep adding on awesome features, especially lately. It's like every time you log in, you're like, oh my God, I can do this now too. <laughs> so yeah. That's awesome. So back to ClickUp because it's not a tool that I'm super familiar with, but I hear, start, I'm starting to hear more and more about it and people mentioning it. And so I assume it's only going to be a matter of time before I get a client who wants me to help support them using that as a project management tool. If they don't have a tool already, just so for some context, I was introduced to Trello as a project management tool early on. And I, I just continue to use it because I'm really comfortable with it. So if a client doesn't have a project management tool, 
because I also want to do things as simple as possible in, in an efficient way, I will just ask them if they're okay with us using Trello and getting started with that because I know it well, I can put it together quickly. There's no learning curve, right? Yeah. But recently a client int uh, introduced me to a, a sauna and I'm actually quite enjoying it working in a sauna, but click up. So tell me, you said that it's different. What's different about it? Yeah. So I, when I started out, I started with Trello too. So totally understand. And it was amazing. Like I loved it. Um, and then I was um, shown Asana. So I went on the same journey as you and really liked Asana too. Um, and then once I got in ClickUp, ClickUp has so many more different views. You know how in Asana you can see the list view and then you can see a board view, which is very similar to the Trello. Mm -hmm. um, Kanban, I think is what they call it. And ClickUp, you have those views, but you also have, uh, I don't know, at least 10 other different kind of views. There's a Gantt view, a table view um there's documents so there's it i've noticed that a lot of clients visually will can see something and not understand it and then see it in a different completely different way and then totally get it so i think to have all those different kind of views is really helpful um so that you know everyone will have a view that they can see and understand if that makes sense so like a lot of times i make a, a project in a list view and then i have one client she cannot understand it when it's in that view but in a gantt view it clicks and she can understand oh so. i like the idea of the gantt view for sure i've looked at a few other softwares where you can just i guess that's their sole purpose and haven't really wrapped my head around it a girl at work actually this past week uh, she had made herself a gantt chart but she did it in like excel <laughs> she just kind of basically made it look like a gantt chart <laughs> which i was really impressed by but at the same time you know got me thinking about oh yeah that's one of those things that i really want to master um it's because i do think visually that does offer a different perspective. And as someone who teaches for a living and supports people with learning, if we can, you know, show people a different way that, and if it's all, it's just a click of a button. So if I understand correctly, once you put the information in, you choose the view and then <laughs> it just changes it. Yeah. Which means you, you have all these options of how you can communicate with your client, with your team, their team, and satisfy hopefully everybody's needs to better understand what's the plan, right? Moving yeah. forward. So, and they yeah. also have, have dashboards, which are really, really cool way of um, communicating with your client via a dashboard. So they don't have to see everything in the back end, but they can see the dashboard, you know, if they would just want to check in. And um, so that's also another really cool option that ClickUp has. Sounds great. You yeah. mentioned that you were putting together a ClickUp course. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I'm just creating a, how to use ClickUp in your business and I'm going to just uh, break it down and show you how to set it up and um, what all the different parts are and, um, and just how to get organized because I don't know about you, but if I'm not organized, I'm like, where did I put that document? It's in here somewhere. And I spend 10 minutes looking for something and then, and then I'm mad. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, everything is in ClickUp for me. And um, if I have a plan and a due date, I tend to stick to it. If I just say, Oh, I'll do that, you know, next week, then it doesn't get done. So. 
Yeah. And I, I even plan all my courses in ClickUp too. And yes. Yeah, that would interest me, obviously, as someone who likes to design courses, how, you know, I've, I've used Trello for that, um, but certainly would be really excited to learn at least one or two other ways of, of putting it together in a project management tool so that when I have different clients coming in, I'd like to already have some templates or options made like in, in um, different formats so that I can kind of quickly help adapt to the client. So that's going to come in time. You know, there's, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of one of those things where you're like, do you go out and learn all the tools and then wait till someone might need you to use one in your business? Because I do do some coaching, but I also do a lot of service provider work for course creators. So the design part, I do the coaching part to get the design kind of pull it out of their head, but then I also help them put it together. Right. So, um, there's different layers to the work that I do with people. So this idea that do I need to become an expert at everything or do I just wait until a client says, Hey, I use Flowdesk. Do you know Flowdesk? Nope. But I'm willing to learn and I'm a fast learner. Right. That's what I, that's how exactly how I did it. Yeah. Just whatever the client wanted to work with and I'd figure it out. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that sounds like probably the the best use of my time is to just kind of learn as I need to learn it rather than try to like stuff my brain with all of this stuff. And the the other challenge though, is if you don't explore things sometimes when it's not sort of the stakes aren't super high, you might miss an opportunity to even recommend something to a client or to be at least able to form an opinion about something if someone asks for your opinion. So sometimes it's nice just to kind of hang out on the inside of these tools. But I know most of the people listening to this are not wanting to spend a lot of time on the tech. Um, It was interesting earlier on too, I wanted to mention, you mentioned you started out in the VA space and that's a common theme for um, people that I've interviewed on the podcast here for Scale Your Course. Not everyone, but there's been quite a few people that have said that they started out as a VA and then they sort of found their sweet spot, like what that was for them and they've grown their business from there. So it sounds like you've done the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really great avenue to just kind of, you know, get your feet wet and figure out what you're good at and go from there. Yeah. That's awesome. And you have a Facebook group as well. I do. Yeah. Want to talk about that? Yes. Female entrepreneurs. Um, Tech pros. Oh my God. Every time somebody <laughs> asks me, I get so mixed up. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, uh, what is it? Tech systems and automations. <laughs> Those oh. three words always mess me up. Yeah. So um, I just kind of, you know, give little tips um, for any new tech that I hear about or, you know, a little um, tip here and there. And then people can come and ask their questions and get help from the community also. That's awesome. The, um, the word that really stuck out to me there was automations, right? (laughs) So when you're a scaling course creator, we want to put something quality together, whether that's the onboarding sequence or just some key touch points as your course is being delivered, depending on how you're delivering it. And automation is definitely a scaling course creators must have, right? They, you know, in order to really be able to Uh, grow and scale. I think automation is just something that we have to get used to, but there's also 
this sort of delicate balance between wanting things to not feel over automated. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do you help people make decisions where automation could potentially fit in their business? Um, if it's something that, you know, I mean, you just do over and over and over, definitely automate that. Um, if it's something that you, you want to have a more personal touch point, um, then either don't automate it or just make it a, you know, make sure you check in at a regular interval to make sure it's still, um, accurate and sounds like what you want it to sound like. Mm -hmm. That makes sense because I think there's sort of this feeling that automation is inauthentic. I've heard that, you know, people are like, you know, if you rely too much on automation, it means you don't care about your, the people you're just, you know, wanting to, um, just focus on putting out that information and, and, you know, not being sort of engaged in your business or with your clients. But like you, I think, you know, when there's place for it and probably a place where you really just need to show up and, you know, send that personal email. I can usually tell when someone it's an automated email versus something that's really personal to me, because I think when someone pulls a thread or, you know, mentions something that they've seen on my Facebook profile, like they've taken the time to actually go and learn about me and reach out to me because, you know, maybe we've had an interaction in a Facebook group or they remember me from, you know, a summit that I've been on or something like that. Those kinds of emails always grab my attention. So for sure, there's a place for automation, but I do hope that we still do have some personalization too in the, in the yeah, space. I agree. Yeah. Just knowing though that you can't, you can't scale without automation. There's just no, there's no way, but you can yeah. try, but it's not going <laughs> to work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm in a program right now where they have us working through all different parts of our business and looking for anywhere where we can simplify, where we can streamline and automate. Um, and not like, again, not automate in a, in a way that removes you completely from the interaction. There's some things that will still need to be edited, but having even the templates, like I use HoneyBook as a CRM. So even just having the templates of the emails ready to even just have a couple tweaks made to them, you know, whether that's my check-in emails with the client or my working on emails or my feedback emails, like whatever the email is I'm sending, it can still be like set to go out at a certain time. As long as I know, I just need to go in and just tweak. Maybe it's a due date I need to change or you know, the name of the project or, or the specific, whatever it is you're working on. Right. Because yeah. otherwise why send the email? So it's been really eye opening for me to really look through my own business through that lens because I, myself, I'm still in the growth phase of business, but preparing to scale, I don't think you can start too soon. Yeah. To really understand where you can, like, like I said, simplify and get things ready so that you can take on more, but not do more. Right. Yeah, exactly. And if you create a process, you know, something that you can document, then you can hand it over easily um, when you get to that point and can 
outsource it, which we all, you know, hope we can do at some point in time. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely some tasks that I'm looking forward to being able to outsource. Yeah. So I want to say thank you so much, Shelly, for joining me today. I'm going to definitely link your Facebook group in the show notes. And if you have information about your upcoming course or where people can find you to learn more, even your website, um, I'll make sure that that gets linked. I, want, I was interested to know, is your clip, ClickUp course going to be self-study or is it going to be something where you're going to be leading people through it? Um, right now it's self-study, but that's a great question. Yeah. I wonder if it would be more helpful to, yeah, have like a weekly Q and A or something. Um, I might have to think about that. <laughs> I could probably, I'm asking for myself because <laughs> like, you know, I could probably, uh, get a lot out of a self-study course, but being, having someone to ask questions to, or to, um, have other students like bringing forward their own, how they're using it, right. might look different yeah. than how I'm using it. So True. creating a little bit of a community around it would probably be yeah. helpful for me, but, um, <laughs> it sounds like you're still very much like mapping it out. So maybe I've that created it, but yeah, that's a very good, I, I haven't never even thought about that, but I do love to see how other people, you know, do things. Cause you're like, Oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> can you share templates and click up like you can other tools? Yeah, you can. Okay. Yeah. Start your own little template sharing thing. With yeah, that would be community. cool too. <laughs> Even just using the community that you already have and, and just sort of like adding that as an extra layer on. That's pretty cool. So yeah. definitely um, let me know what your ClickUp course information is and we'll get that all linked up for you. And if it's not quite ready for launch yet, we can add it later in the show notes so people can come back for it. But awesome. uh, I'm really looking forward to that myself. And if you could leave us with one tip that you think everybody really needs to, whether it's a mindset thing about tech or um, a mistake to avoid, what would you want to leave us with? Yeah, I think for a lot of people, they're just scared to like get in there and try and push the buttons and, you know, dink around. Yeah. Um, just don't be scared. You're not, it's fine. You can get on a help call and get someone to help you. <laughs> oh, and yeah, most of the softwares I love, I like the, the live chat, just get a live chat and say help and they'll help you. But yeah, just get in there and dink around and push the buttons and it'll be fine. That's how you figure it out. Really. And most software has an undo button. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you do make a mistake, hold your breath and look for the undo button. I think too, what I see a lot is people will, they'll find the shortcomings or think a tool can't do something for them. And it's because they haven't really taken the time to do the deep dive, even in the help section which is so obvious to me that if you didn't know how to do something, that's the first place I would go. But I remember years ago, someone uh, at my work, when I came in after my lunch, she said, oh, I'm so glad you're back. I've been waiting for you. I need to, I think it was insert a picture into a Word document. And she said, and so I've been just waiting for you to come and help me. I said, well, <laughs> did you try the help section? Right. And I said it very kindly, but I mean, sometimes we forget that, I mean, with, with the help section and then YouTube and like 
the mountains of places that you can, other people are creating videos on how to do things. We can pretty much learn anything that we need to. Um, And if you're, you're a pretty good researcher, you can probably, you know, pick something that's really short or put it, put it on high speed so that you can get to the part that you really are stuck on. But yeah, yeah, I think sometimes I've seen that even in the member vault collaborative where people will be upset about something, but they just haven't figured out that member vault actually does what it is that they're upset about. They just haven't, they get frustrated. Right. And they just, Mm -hmm. if the, if it's not an instantaneous, obvious answer, sometimes there's this reluctance. They just, you know, maybe jump to some conclusions. And so I've learned over the years, like to really ask myself, like, have I really learned all the features that this tool has before I say it can't, (laughs) I need to actually like really verify that because quite often for me, my, you know, you might think you need another tool and then, so maybe you go and you get that tool and then you realize later, but the other tool did something either the same or very similar. You just didn't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like what you said about YouTube and Google. They're like my best friends. And yeah, if I do mess up, I'm just like, well, I learned how not to do something. That's okay. (laughs) For sure. Um, Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Shelly, for joining me today. And um, I am going to be watching for that ClickUp course. (laughs) Okay. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Take care. If you like this episode, one of the best thank yous you can give me is to subscribe and leave me a review. Leaving a podcast review helps me get more reach and attract more listeners. And if you're ready to scale your course, I also have a free roadmap that you can download. This roadmap will give you access to my framework for scaling courses, what you need to do, what you need to consider, and even who you should include in the process. Check the show notes below. Thanks for listening.